Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here. Make sure you subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss out. Welcome, 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 guys. Hope you're doing well and amazing. The summer is here. Ah, it's beautiful outside. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. I'm so pumped to be here with you another week, another show, another podcast. And this this one's going to be kind of fun. It's going to be a little bit out of the ordinary for my usual super deeply researched stuff. This is more about some fun-filled, practical steps that literally will take you into an amazing summer because we know summer is almost here. It's literally a couple weeks away, guys. So if you thought summer was here yet, we're actually exactly two weeks out from summer. Officially, June 21st is the start of summer, and that's happening really soon. And so I thought, why not get you guys ready, get you guys pumped, and let's do a little bit of a you know swing into summer, a, a fit for summer, whatever you want to call it. We're going to give you some high-yield information on how you can just springboard into your summer with the energy, the health that you want. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. But without uh, further ado, wanted to first just thank you for being here. Wanted to share a recent review I got because I love just sharing what you guys are posting about. So let me just read one from Maddie Three mo It says, I've been listening to the podcast for the past few months. It's made me feel so much more knowledgeable about my body and overall health. I've learned more from listening to Dr. Hemingway's advice and expertise paired with the medical research than from many years of trying to find out other sources of information. This podcast has helped me make some necessary changes and supportive ones in my diet and lifestyle. It's the perfect mix of research and experience-backed advice paired with simple tips for how to make healthy living a reality. I recommend this for anybody who wants to know more about how to live a sustainably healthy life. It's easier than you think. Five-star review. I couldn't agree more, Maddie. Thank you so much for sharing that review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so already, super easy to do. Or if you're on YouTube, please press the like button. Please hit the subscribe. It's so critical. Write a review. It's so important to get this information out there. And if you don't write a review, there's less people are going to hear about it. Less people are going to take these action steps and less people will be improving their lives. So thanks in advance for doing that. I, I hope that you'll share this with anyone you love who really you're hoping we'll also have an amazing summer like I'm hoping you will as well and we're going to talk about some simple steps on how you can do that so excited to share that with you and I also wanted to just quickly plug my new group called the Thrive Community because together we meet we discuss you ask me questions we do all things health and this month is super exciting we just had a zoom over the weekend on cholesterol and fat and how we can optimize the healthy cholesterol, healthy fat, what we should be avoiding, how we can optimize our life. So in the Thrive community, it's such a magical place to be because we talk about all things health with you together. There's both Zoom calls, there's live chats, there's all kinds of trainings that I put up in there. So I hope you'll join me in the Thrive community. The links are in the show notes or on my profile on Instagram, which is at dr doctor at dr thomas hemingway and you can reach out to me there or my new website thomashemingway.com so hope you'll reach out to me there so exciting for today we're going to get into how we can get fit for summer and one of the first ways is what i'm about to do right now just simple hydration 
so critical. And in these summer months, it gets so much warmer. And guys, I'm in Hawaii and it can be hot. I was literally just, my wife was on a podcast earlier this morning. She had the bedroom with the windows all closed so it wouldn't be too noisy. And it was so hot in there. I actually moved to a different room that's a little bit cooler. So I'm not sweating too bad in front of you guys, but hydration is so critical, it's so key. And it'll not only help you swing in the summer, but it'll help you on each and every day of your life. It is so critical, it's so simple. I did a whole podcast on hydration and literally it can be that easy. It's one of the easiest things you can do and it's free. All you need is some water. It can come right out of the tap. Hopefully you know the source of your water and what kind of quality it is. But you should be drinking at a baseline roughly one ounce per kilo of body weight. Translation for all of us non-kilo speaking folks, it's basically about half of your body weight in pounds in water as a baseline. Most of us will need more than this, especially right now in the summer months. I'm hydrating much more than that. I shoot for approximately 100 ounces of water or liquid per day. And I throw in, this is an electrolyte uh, beverage here that I throw in as well. And so I do a mix of an electrolyte beverage as well as just pure water, especially in the summer because I'm sweating something fierce over here. You can't tell I got my white shirt on and it's, uh, I'm not glowing yet with my forehead, but it may be soon. But hydration is so critical because if you literally get as little as 1% dehydrated, you can lose not only your athletic performance and expertise and sort of the, the ability to perform your best, but also mentally, your mental sharpness, your mental acuity, your ability to remember things, to be able to establish new connections, new memory, that can diminish significantly with as little as 1% to 2% dehydration. It's so interesting. There's been studies of both men and women, and that magic number is about 1.4 to 1.6% dehydration can really spike the curve to where your mental capacities and athletic performance abilities really start to diminish fairly rapidly. And of course, it all gets worse if you get even more dehydrated than this. So hydration is so key, it's so critical, not only for your brain function, but for your muscle and body function, but also, believe it or not, for your mood and, and energy. Like, how many of us wanna go through the day and just feel like we're in that slump? Well, I'm telling you, in Hawaii Ne right now, when it's really hot outside, I just told my wife, like, it makes you just wanna kinda sit and chill because it's just so stinking hot. Like, let me know if you guys deal with that at all in the summer with there's just extreme heat and you just feel devoid of energy, that's pretty normal. But one thing that can quickly change that around is just good, appropriate, proper, and sufficient hydration. So start with that backbone of about half of your body weight in pounds per day. So for me, 150 pounds, I start with about 75 ounces of water or other fluids. You can include water-based fluids. Like this is an electrolyte beverage that I have in addition to just drinking water. Um, other sources of liquid like alcohol or soda, I don't really count those because a lot of times those are not really the best for hydration um, and they can dehydrate you. Alcohol can dehydrate you, too much caffeine can dehydrate you. Um, 
and sugary drinks are not the best hydration either. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more down the list, but, but proper hydration, which just, just start with plain water. So easy. Our bodies are literally 70 plus percent water. Our brains, our hearts, everything we're composed primarily of water. That's what the cells are primarily made of. And we want to keep them hydrated. We want to keep them working at optimal efficiency. And the best way to do this is just have some kind of a receptacle, some kind of a glass or bottle, um, and just be able to sip on that all day long. One of my favorite things about attending, I've attended some Tony Robbins events, is he always mentions, okay, take a sip of water, you know, get some energy in your chair or standing or whatever. And he's always reminding us to sip on that water. And I couldn't agree more. It's so critical to stay hydrated all through the day, uh, not just in the beginning of the day, which is actually how I start. I actually roll out of bed. I try to drink 16 to 18 ounces of water right off the bat because that actually kind of wakes me up, gives me a little boost, gives me the clarity. I mean, overnight, what's happening? I mean, literally, we're getting dehydrated even in our sleep. And we don't think about this because we may not be sweating a bunch, but we're not drinking anything, right? Hopefully it's seven or eight hours that we're not drinking anything because we're asleep. And so we naturally wake up a little bit on the dehydrated side. And if we were to just do that one simple thing, big glass of water in the morning and then be sipping water all throughout the day, you will find amazing, significant, powerful results in this one simple thing. So hydration is so key. If you wanna get a little bit more on that, please listen to my podcast on hydration and electrolytes. If you wanna know more about what I actually drink, I do drink an electrolyte beverage, please feel free to message me on Instagram at Dr. Thomas Hemingway, Dr. Thomas Hemingway, or just go to my website, which is thomashemingway.com. So that's number one, drink more water. So important in the summer. Number two, and I hope we can all do this one as well, just get a little bit more sleep. Try to optimize your sleep. Try to shoot for seven to eight hours of sleep to really swing into summer with that added energy, that added just ability to rejuvenate and refresh, right? We all wanna be refreshed for our next big thing. I wanna be refreshed each and every morning when I wake up. And so if I'm getting up at the so-called butt crack of dawn to go surfing at 5 a.m., I'm gonna try to get to bed you know, by nine or 10 so I can get you know, roughly eight hours of sleep. You know, If I can get to bed at nine, I can log in eight hours before 5 a.m. It's amazing. I, I, I love to do that, and I'm actually looking forward to doing that super early tomorrow. There's supposed to be a little bit of swell happening, and so we got to get our sleep. And it's not just the hour quota, right? I recommend people shoot for about six to eight hours, and then just find what works for them. Everybody's a little bit different, but somewhere around the seven, eight-hour mark is pretty common for most of us. And if we can get good sleep, quality sleep, efficient sleep, that is so important. So couple of quick pearls on that. Try to have a routine. Try to go to bed about the same time each day. Try to go get up in the morning about the same time each day. You know, you don't have to set an alarm clock. You can just open your windows and let the daylight kind of wake you up. That's what I do. I lately haven't been using an alarm clock at all. And like clockwork every morning, I'm awake before 6 a.m. because it's starting to get light. It's perfect. Tomorrow, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. We have a, a flight. And so I'm going to get up a little bit earlier, try to bang out my surf session before um, so I'm gonna set my alarm for tomorrow, but usually I just let the, the light wake me up and I try to log in seven or eight hours each night. And so routine is key. Number one, routine. Number two, food curfew. I know it sounds a little weird. We should have a bedtime curfew, which goes with rule number one, right? Have a routine, but we should also have a food curfew. We should try to stop eating about three hours prior to going to sleep because if we're eating right before bed, 
our body shunts or sends all this blood flow to our gut, to our digestive tract, and it's gonna be working hard, working hard, and it's not gonna really allow us to get a good restful sleep if we eat too late in the evening. So try to eat your dinner two to three hours before, hopefully closer to three, but you know, start with two hours if you can. If you eat late like I do sometimes, I, I really have to push the envelope towards an earlier dinner, especially in the summer because most places, even in Hawaii, it's light later than normal. Even here, it's light until almost 8 p.m. You know, the kids are outside, they're skateboarding on our, we have a half pipe, we have, you know, scooters, we have bicycles, you know, they might be playing pickleball, all this stuff is going on almost till sunset every night. So we're working harder to push that dinner time a little bit earlier like we did last night. And we went back out outside after dinner, it was still light. I went and skateboarded on our half pipe. The kids were riding bikes, they were doing pickleball. So just push your dinner a little bit earlier. Try to have about a three hour window after you eat dinner or your last meal before you go to bed and you will sleep so much better. So dinner, three hours before bed, I call it a food curfew. Make it a routine, it, you'll notice phenomenal benefits. And then if you eat earlier, you have more time to do what I love to do is take an after dinner walk because walking after dinner or after any of your meals will help significantly decrease the insulin resistance and the glucose spike and the insulin spike that naturally occurs after we eat a meal. So it's better for your blood sugar, it's better for your energy, and it will be better for your sleep. So if you can get out there 15 minutes after dinner, go for a little walk, you will recognize significant, significant stuff. So that's the next one. The next curfew we should have is about a one or two hour curfew on our devices, which means TVs, computers, laptops, you know, iPads, iPods, whatever we have, iPods, right? I'm dating myself, but I remember the days before the iPad. Shout out to everybody out there who had one of these MP3 players, which I had. But uh, turn the devices off at least one hour before bed because you don't want to have your eyes staring into this blue light, which tells your brain to be alert, to be awake. It, it actually activates an area in the, in the brain that literally tells your, your body to stay up and it suppresses or pushes down or makes harder for that uh, evening spike in the melatonin which helps you get to sleep. So if you're staring into a screen late at night and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna turn it off and I'm trying to go to sleep real quick, I'm not surprised if that doesn't really work for you. I know it doesn't really work for me. I, I need to give myself, I try to shoot for about a one hour window before bed because that's just a little bit easier. It's a little bit more realistic. You know, maybe we wanna watch something with the fam. It's a weekend or we wanna get a little work done after dinner. But try to do at least a one hour curfew on your devices, on the blue light emitting devices. And what I've noticed is if I shift that in my last hour before bed, I just pick up an old fashioned B-O-O-K, right? I pick up a book, it's made all the world a difference. And, and I kind of ease into my evening, try to do something relaxing. For me, it's reading a book or journaling, writing in a gratitude journal, something simple like that. Super, super helpful. Try to do that about one hour before bed and you will notice a significant improvement in your sleep. Ha have a little bit of downtime, I like to call it, a little bit of downtime, okay? Um, other people like things like uh, getting into a warm tub, just kind of soaking, relaxing in a tub. I personally don't really do the tub thing, but I, I whenever I have the option, <laughs> I try to sit in a hot tub, you know, for a little bit in the evening. That kind of makes me sleepy, makes me tired, makes me get ready for bed. So whatever your routine is, be it a hot soak in the tub, be it, hot shower, you know, reading, journaling, um, mellow time with your partner, whatever that is, um, just chit chat, you know, trying to just ease into your evening without a device for about one hour. I find that to be super helpful. So, so most of us, um, I think will benefit 
from a couple of these simple tips because you know it's summertime the kids are out of school at least in my house the kids want to be having like movie night three or four nights a week and that's you know we're trying to, we're trying to kind of put a little bit of a limitation on that we're definitely flexible um it's kind of midweek right now we just had a movie night and then we're gonna not do one tonight and so we're having a couple during the week but we try to you know if we can start it a little bit sooner try to have a little bit of a window if you can but um routine food curfew and device curfew are critical. There's a lot of other nuance besides that, you know, try to get your room as dark as possible, make it resemble a cave, you know, the blackout curtains, the, um, you know, sort of noise protection. If you live in a noisy place, you know, maybe wear earplugs around here, it's the roosters that go crazy. At all hours of the evening, anybody who's visited Hawaii knows that very well. They don't shut up all night, really. It seems like they start at midnight and they go the whole evening till the morning. They don't just start right at uh, the dawn. They go all night pretty much. So, I'm used to it, doesn't bother me, but people visiting often, I recommend earplugs and things like that. But try to limit you know, the noise, the distractions. If there's external light in your room, unplug things, You know, like if you got a nightlight or things like that, I wouldn't recommend those in the bedroom. Maybe put it in the hallway if you need to find the bathroom at night, that kind of thing. Um, especially the, the red ones are kind of cool, the amber ones, because they don't mess up your clock so much. Um, I try to do that, You know, the red nightlights. Try to avoid too much noise, too much um, light, you know, exterior lights, um, things like that. So blackout curtains are great. Um, a cool sleeping environment. Uh, if you need to run AC, that may help at night. That ideal temp, depends on who you talk to, right? Somewhere between 65 and 68 degrees, or maybe even up to 70 for some people. I, I personally like it closer to 67, 68. My wife likes it closer to 70. We have to kind of arm wrestle about it but we tend to try to get it down to upper 60s um, and that's just comfortable. Then we can get under the covers, you know, we don't wake up sweating, you know, that sort of thing. So environment is critical, you know, have it a, you know, your bedroom, a sort of sanctuary, a place where you can be, you know, able to sleep without a lot of distractions. I, I did a whole podcast on sleep a couple of times. I have a course on sleep to get into the nitty gritty, but the simple things for today, right now to just go banging into summer with a great routine is, is just try to get to bed roughly the same time, Try to make sure you have a food curfew about three hours. Try to make sure you have a device curfew about one hour and then just optimize your sleep environment. So that's enough of that, sleep. The next one, and I hope this will be easier this summer, is just do whatever you can to maybe optimize your stress or reduce your stress. And, and this is kind of a catch-22, right? Like in some ways it's summer, we're kind of relaxed, we're looking forward to family trips and you know, for me, I love, love, love vacationing, visiting, traveling with my family, but it also can be a little bit stressful. Like I kid you not, the the travel day, whatever that travel day is, you know, the leaving the house, getting up early, making it to the airport or the airplane or, or, or just a drive or whatever it is, like that day stresses me out. Like once we get there, I feel like I can kind of unwind and whatever, but I just don't like travel days that much. And it's been, it's a stressor for me, you know, just missing flights, things like that. Six kids, you know, eight of us in tow going around. It's, it's, uh, it's challenging, but generally the summer is a time where hopefully we can kind of relax a little bit. The kids are out of school, you know, for the most part, maybe we can have just some moments with them that are less sort of, you know, stress prone. And a couple of the tactics that I've really appreciated in my life can be very, very easy. One is a simple walk in nature. This can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be any, anywhere fancy. You don't have to go to a park. You don't have to get on a trail. Like literally just get outside every day for a couple of minutes, breathe some fresh air, 
go for a quick walk. Like for me, mind blowing how well that works. Try to do more walks this summer and incorporate some of your favorite people. Maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a kid, maybe you rotate between the kids. And like this time that you go for a little walk, not only can it be stress relieving and just fun loving to be around people and have chit chats and stuff, but it, it is really awesome for this thing right here, the thing between our ears, the mental health. I just love it because you can potentially get vitamin M, which is some movement, vitamin N, which is some time out in nature, and vitamin D maybe, depending on what time of the day you do this, it can be incredible. So one of my favorite, favorite anti-stress techniques is a simple walk. Another one is breathing. There's a whole bunch out there on breathing. You can do all different styles. You can do the Wim Hof, you can do, there's just so many. I, I explain a lot of these in my stress course, so I, I just, I don't wanna take too much time now, but breathing, literally take one minute every hour and just do some relaxed, deep breaths, right? There's all different techniques. Find out which one works for you, but literally just take one minute every hour or every couple of hours and just do some eyes closed, deep breathing, you know, a little bit of whatever you wanna call it, meditation, mindfulness, but it doesn't have to be 30 minutes of it. You know, you can just do it for one minute at a time and I find that to be helpful, it works for me. So optimizing your stress this summer through simple, simple techniques. I'm only posing simple stuff, guys, stuff that you can easily do. I hope you'll make a list and you'll set some goals. I'm gonna go for a walk today. I'm gonna to do a couple minutes of breathing today. Um, maybe you'll just do a couple of minutes of some mindfulness or gratitude. These are amazing anti-stress things. Go, go back and re-listen to my podcast on stress or even, you know, grab my course, which talks all about it. But these are really simple techniques that have big, big dividends and they're basically free, right? It doesn't cost anything to take some deep breaths. It usually doesn't cost anything to go for a walk in nature. You know, these kinds of things, having some mindset shifts where, you know, we're pummeled with all different kinds of stressors. And a lot of them come from our devices. They might come from our phone. They might come from our TV. They might come from our emails or whatever. <clears throat> so I would also encourage you to take some moments where you can be device free, preferably when you go for your, your walk. I usually turn, I usually take my device in case I snap a photo of something cool or, or whatever it may be, but I usually put it on airplane mode so I can at least have 10 or 15 minutes where nobody bugs me. I'm just going for a walk, you know, that sort of thing. But if, you know, a dog bites me, heaven forbid, or something else happens, I have my phone for an emergency. Or if you're able to, just go without it for a few minutes. It's nice to take a little bit of time in a device-free um, mechanism to just enjoy some nature, some fresh air. So, so stress optimization, um, amazing. The, the next thing uh, I want to talk about briefly, I think we're at number four, is <laughs> just a little bit about one of my favorite things, my vitamin M. M is movement, it's just what we do, it's exercise. It might be something simple, like, I know it uh, seems a little weird and I actually didn't plan this at all, but uh, if you guys are watching me on YouTube, I literally just reached down and grabbed a free weight that I have at the base of my desk. I have these things literally all over the house and the reason that I do is because I love to just mix it in to my daily activities. And so your movement doesn't have to be complicated, it doesn't have to be you know, at a gym, it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be as easy as picking up a free weight and moving it a few times every hour. Um, my other favorite, which I was on a chit chat with a friend uh, before this, and we were talking about my, my solution to movement during the day if you have to be at a desk job, and it's a cardboard box. Like literally, I put a cardboard box on my desk 
and make that a standing desk. And you can see that I'm standing right now. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm bouncing around. You know, I got my, I got my free weight here that I'm sw swapping arms in. I'm doing it on the other side. And I literally have a standing desk with just a box on top of, you know, my regular desk because I, you know, I don't have a standing desk wherever I go. And it's amazing to have the option and it's basically free, right? How many of us have some cardboard laying around? It's amazing. So easy, so simple. Try it. Get a standing desk this summer. You don't have to buy one, but literally put a cardboard box on your table, your, your island in the kitchen, or wherever you do your work, and literally you can convert what may be a normal desk into a standing desk in seconds. And ergonomically, you know, you're upright, you can bounce back and forth, you can stand, you can walk in place. Like this little movement, I know it sounds so crazy and I'm kind of like exaggerating, getting a little goofy on the, on the camera here if you guys are watching me on YouTube, but this little bit of movement can make huge differences in your day, in your energy, in your life. Like I'm just smiling even, you know, just talking to you guys, just thinking about just moving my body and it's so dang simple. This is like impromptu, unplanned, but if you're working at a standing desk, you can literally move your body a little bit in, in any moment during the day. My recommendation is if you got a desk job or what have you, at least take every hour, take two or three minutes to do something. Maybe it's go for a walk around the office, maybe it's go outside, go up and down the stairs, whatever that is, grab your free weight like I was doing that's at the base of my desk and do that for a few minutes. Just do something to move your body every hour because I know it's kind of trite and it's been overused, but, but sitting, is really kind of the new smoking and, and it may be cancer provoking. It is literally one of these risk factors that no matter what data set you look at, the more somebody sits during the course of the day, literally your risk for disease goes up. And I'm making a little up sign here on the, on the video, but it literally is directly correlated. That's one of those things from math and physics that it's a one-to-one -one relationship. The more you sleep, or excuse me, the more you sit, <laughs> still thinking about sleeping because I had an amazing night's sleep last night, but the more you sit during the day, the more your risk goes up for all the chronic diseases you can think about. Everything from heart disease to cancer, diabetes, obesity, all these things are related in some way to the amount that we are sitting. So try to sit less, get a standing desk, get a cardboard box, move a little bit more. And, and the other way that I hope that you'll incorporate is what I just did is incorporate some resistance training into your regimen. A lot of us get into one kind of thing. Maybe it's we run every day, we walk every day, we do a certain thing, and we just don't mix it up. Guys, our body, just like our mind, and, and for me, my belly too, we crave diversity. We crave you know, difference in, in different foods and different activities and different things. So I would encourage you this summer, like choose one thing or even a couple and just try some different activities. Maybe it's you're going to you know, grab one of these like $75 pickleball nets, you know, that you can grab for pretty inexpensive and you're going to play it in your driveway with your kids or your neighbor or your spouse or, or friend or whatever. Like just do a different movement this summer in some way, you know, maybe if you like to run, maybe mix it up and just do like a combination of a run some days and then on another day do a walk and bring some weights with you or, or do a walk and then every, you know, every you know, if you're doing like intervals or something, you do like three minutes of walking and one minute of sprinting and just kind of mix it up a little bit. Your body craves the diversity and it can be super, super simple. Guys, I did a whole course on movement or exercise, but it doesn't have to be difficult. In that course, I detail out how simple these things can be and I, I write about it in the book as well, but an activity so simple, 
that we have been doing for millennia, being bipeds, right? Walking up, up, upright on two feet. Like that simple activity of walking is the opposite of sitting. So if sitting increases the risk of all disease, as we start walking, all these diseases potentially go down. It's so awesome. It's such a simple movement. It's not challenging. It's not difficult. And besides the obvious health benefits that I just mentioned as far as decrease in all these different diseases, you just feel better, right? I know it's counterintuitive. You feel more energized, right? If you're gonna go for a walk outside, maybe even do some sprints in there. Like after you, you've done your activity, for me, if I just do my weights while I'm standing here and talking to you, like I feel more awake, more pumped, more energized after I do that movement. It's so simple. It seems to be against the law of thermodynamics, but it's actually not because as you do these activities, you're actually energizing your body, your cells, everything, the transmissions of the neural humoral system, the nerve impulses, all that is kind of like revved up and then literally you have more energy. You're making more energy through this process um, that happens in the mitochondria, making these energy, you know, um, <clears throat> energy currency called the ATP, the adenosine triphosphate. The more you do, the better you get at it and more energy you'll have. I know it's super counterintuitive, but it, it works. Like go out for a walk and tell me you don't feel better afterwards. I mean, it's amazing. Get some fresh air. It also improves your cognition, your ability to sleep better, and just like your mental sharpness, clarity at work. So as I mentioned, if you got a regular desk job, you got to tell your boss, hey, I'm going to be even more productive if I take five minutes every hour and I just leave the office, go for a walk around the building or a walk around the office, up and down the stairs, whatever that is, take five minutes every hour, simple walk, and you will be more sharp, more refreshed, more clear, and you'll actually be even more productive at work. Like, prove me wrong on this. The data suggests that this simple activity, quick movement, can be a game changer in your energy, your sharpness, mental clarity, cognition, and dang it, you just feel good. It feels nice to do that. So, so movement uh, was the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. There's more on that on, on previous podcasts as well as I have a whole course on movement. Um, the next thing, <laughs> I know we're getting a little bit more exhausted, but if there's a habit that you have that may not be awesome, like maybe it's smoking or maybe it's uh, drinking every single night or, or whatever, this summer is a great time, you know, a little bit of change of scenery sometimes. We might be going for a visit of someone or some place or whatever. Use this as an opportunity to change it up and maybe try to quit smoking or try to not drink every single night or whatever because these things are not awesome for the body, right? Smoking, never seen a study that shows it's good for the body, right? Alcohol, prove me wrong here. I know a lot of sources will say, hey, it's good to have some alcohol in moderation because it has that thing that's in red wine, right? We, we, we all have heard about this even, you know, it's been manufactured, you know, in, in a supplement form, right? It's from from that deep color, it's a phytonutrient, right, inside the red wine, but it's also found in things like blueberries. This this is resveratrol, right? You guys have heard of resveratrol. You don't have to drink wine to get it. I, I don't drink it all because I just really never, well, I'll be honest, I have a family member, a super close family member who's an alcoholic and it's literally alcohol has ruined his life and I would never wanna have, I know we have genes in the family that make us a little bit more predisposed to get addicted and I certainly don't want to have that but also like Dr. Daniel Amen who's a colleague and a fellow physician out there he's done literally millions of brain scans and he says universally alcohol shrinks the brain 
So I don't want my brain to be shrunk. <laughs> I don't want yours to be shrunk. So if you do drink, maybe cut back a little bit. Maybe, you know, if you like to have a glass of wine every single night, maybe just make it a night or two a week kind of thing. Like I, I you'll save a bunch of money, number one, right? <laughs> but you'll also have a smarter, bigger brain. So he always mentions that the size of the brain is inversely proportional to the amount somebody drinks. So the more that somebody drinks, as your drinking goes up, your brain size goes down, right? That's inversely proportional. So maybe take this summer and change up something. If there's some kind of a not so awesome habit you have, whether it be smoking, drinking, or maybe it's just eating junk food, like whatever that is, change it up this summer, make a, a real intent, write it down. Like once, see, I have lists all over the place. I write crap down and once I write it down, I start, I know it's cheesy, but I post up these post-it notes around the house that reminds me, it brings it to my memory, like, hey, I'm working on this one thing. So this summer, mix it up. Pick something that you want to start doing, like maybe it's more movement, it's the sleep thing that we talked about, it's, you know, whatever it may be, hydrating, um, optimizing your stress, one of those things, but also pick something to stop doing. And if that's smoking or alcohol or whatever it is, you know, pick something that's not an awesome health habit that you can quit this summer and then a bunch of things that you can add. So one of the, one of the things that I think many of us could improve upon, even, even me, is try to not eat crappy foods, right? Those highly processed grains, sugars, carbohydrates, like these things that come with the three Bs, the bag, the box, the barcode, that especially have these processed flours and sugars. Like this summer, maybe, I know it might be a little bit hard, but say you're going to a barbecue and you're supposed to bring um, hot dogs or something. Well. Instead of buying just whatever's the cheapest hot dog out there, like buy the Teton Waters Ranch grass-fed uncured hot dogs or, or a similar version. I, I personally like these because they're available. They're at Costco. They're, I can find them. I know the quality's good. I've actually, not directly, but spoken to other people who have talked with the CEO of the company and, and it's solid. It's a ranch up in, uh, you know, the Teton Range up in Wyoming. It's a regenerative farm, well-sourced meat you know, this kind of stuff. So I trust the product. It is a grass fed and finish. Doesn't have nitrates or nitrites, you know, simple ingredients. So that's the hot dog I buy, Teton Waters Ranch. I don't get anything from them, but I like to share it because that's what I personally use. So if you're going to a barbecue, you know, just bring a little bit higher quality, you know, food item. And, or if you're just making a barbecue at your house, choose a little bit higher quality food item, because I know it's easy. It's summer and, you know, we want to just buy chips and, you know, that kind of thing. But Maybe instead of the chips, just bring a watermelon. Like who doesn't like watermelon on a hot day? So these simple things, replacing one thing for another, instead of chips, maybe just eat watermelon. Instead of the crappy hot dog, buy a grass-fed and finished one or, or grass-fed and finished beef if you're making hamburgers, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, just try to up the ante a little bit, up your game, right? We wanna up our game and everything else in life. Why not up level our diet this summer? So try to bring down the processed food level and bring up the real food level. And I would encourage you, this is one thing that I'm personally trying to do, is at least every single week, try to eat one new, real, whole, fresh food. So one new thing that you haven't really eaten before. So like for some of my kids, you know, they, they've tried kimchi, some of them like it, some of them don't. Some of them I've never tried it. Well, this week I bought a different type of kefir, you know, that fermented uh, milk yogurt kind of drink. And a couple of them tried it out. I. I I bought a uh, different kind of yogurt. You know, I, <clears throat> we like uh, Greek yogurt and the full fat is best if we can find it. And I, every week I try to at least incorporate one new product or one new whole fruit or vegetable 
Um, I also bought some fresh papaya here locally. I, I love papaya. My son also loves papaya. And so we can easily access those. But, but I like to try some other fruits as well, like rambutan, for example, lychee. Here in Hawaii, we have all kinds of weird exotic fruit. And I'm trying to get my kids to kind of sample these other kinds of fruits and vegetables that are out there that we don't get to eat every day because now that we're in Hawaii for a while, it's so nice to have access. And, and any place you go, just go to one of these open farmer's markets where you can try different things and make it a goal to just try one new thing a week. Just that simple, one new thing. When you go to the grocery store, you know, pick up something there in the fruits and vegetable produce aisle that you've never eaten before, research and find out about it, maybe find a menu online and incorporate that into your diet that week because literally there are two to 300,000 edible, you know, plants, fruits, vegetables, things like that, that we have available to us. And you guys have heard me talk about this, but our diet is primarily made up of about four species of plants, like 50% of it, sometimes up to 60 or 70% is made up of corn products, soy products, rice products, and wheat products. And most of those really, honestly, we could probably do without all of those, but, but, but that makes up over half of our diet, at least our calories wise. So let's branch out a little bit. Literally there's couple hundred thousand edible things out there. Every week, pick one thing, all right? So we're gonna try to reduce the processed food, reduce the sugar. Um, the last thing I wanted to share with you, which is my probably most enjoyable thing about the summer, is the opportunity to connect and just be around people. This is, this is so fun, it's, it's available, right? We have gatherings, we connect with people. It's just a good time to share, to grow together, to share insights, to, to bond, to connect, because that connection is so powerful. Not only does it potentially elate and bring up our, our mood, you know, having this bonding and connection, you can even do this potentially with your, your favorite feline <laughs> friend or, or canine friend, right? Just bonding with your animal will actually increase your mood and this hormone called oxytocin, which is kind of like a negative stress hormone. It's the antithesis. It kind of does the opposite. Instead of elevating blood pressure like the usual adrenaline, noradrenaline, you know, cortisol, epinephrine does, it actually lowers the blood pressure. Blood pressure relaxes the mood, increases the happy hormones like serotonin. The simple act of connecting with people. So connection, I would encourage you to really connect with someone or somebody this summer or, or even go out and do some new activities where you're with the groups of people that are like-minded, whether it be a, a sporting or hobby type of movement activity, group bike rides, group walks, group exercise classes. We're starting to get together a little bit more nowadays. And if you do it outside as well, even more amazing. But this kind of connection with people even um, what I love to do is just barbecue with people, bring some friends over, go to the beach, barbecue, whatever, and just have people around you. Even if it's just your own family, just try to take more of an initiative to eat together at night. Like we try to at least have one meal a day where we're all sitting down together. And it's for us, it's been a game changer. It helps us connect with our kids. We can talk story, as we say in Hawaii. And it's, it's beautiful, it's magical, and that connection is just so key. So that's that's my last sort of sort of big ticket item for this summer. I'm going to review them really fast for you. Number one was hydration. Just do it every day, each and every day. Start with a full glass of water. Try to hit half of your body weight in pounds each and every day. So for me, it's about 75 ounces of fluid, usually mostly water. Sometimes I throw in usually about once a day an electrolyte packet as well. Second one was sleep. Optimize your sleep. Make it a goal to try to get your six to eight hours, whatever that's uh, optimal for you. 
you know, monitor something about that sleep every night. How do you feel the next morning? You can keep a little journal, see what works, what didn't work. We talked about the food curfew. We talked about the device curfew. Stress was the next one. How can we optimize, minimize, or just, just be able to, you know, um, use this stress potentially to our advantage. And we can do that through a lot of ways. How, how do we make it subside? We talked about breathing. We talked about movement. We talked about, um, positive sort of outlook and things. In fact, I'll just share this with you. There was a giant study, I think it was about 2012, took 180,000 people and they classified their level. Each person got to pick high, low, or medium stress. And those that had the highest level of stress, some of them had an increased risk of dying, but it was only those who believed that stress was bad for them, that it was harmful and it could hurt them. The group that didn't believe that stress was bad for them, they had a different outlook and they thought, hey, this stress could actually be empowering. It could be a growth promoting experience. Like a lot of us experience all kinds of crazy stress the last couple of years, if we've been able to see that as an opportunity and we pivot and we grow, that stress can actually have the opposite of decreasing our lifespan. It could actually improve our lifespan, our health span, and our energy levels if we just view it in a different way, as a positive challenge in our life. Instead of as this negative Debbie Downer that brings us down, we look at it as an opportunity to grow and to pivot and to improve something. So just the outlook. The outlook alone is super critical with how we look at stress. And then the next one was movement. Just pick something every single day, whether it be get a box and put it on your desk, whatever that may be for you, some weights at the at the side of your desk like I do. Incorporate some kind of movement each and every day. And then the last was connection. We talked also about a little bit about food and, and eliminating some things as well. So if there's some things you might have to eliminate from your diet, be it smoking, alcohol, bad foods, processed foods, whatever, we talked about that. But mostly we talked about adding things, right? Adding amazing things like better hydration, better quality sleep, optimizing our stress, optimizing and making very regular our movement and connecting with people. So I know it's kind of a lot for a, a, a super quick uh, podcast on how we can optimize our health for this summer. But don't worry, there's plenty more of this. If you guys want more, just check me out at Dr. Thomas Hemingway on Instagram or just Dr. Thomas Hemingway or my website now that's up and running, thomashemingway.com. I have so many more resources for you guys, everything from the podcast to courses that I've done on all of these topics to you know just my weekly wisdom that comes out usually every Thursday that has health tips and things. So check me out on those platforms. Please, if you listen to me on the major um, podcast platforms like Apple or Spotify or YouTube, please write a review, give me the five stars and just tell me what you're loving, what you're enjoying, what is uh, awesome for you. So share it. I just love, love, love to hear that. So I'm just, I'm just pumped to be here with you. I'm so grateful to just have the opportunity to, you know, share this with you. And these little quick pearls, I hope will just empower you to have the best summer ever, you know, not just the best day ever, but the best summer ever. And these five or six simple steps that we articulated. And I know for me, they've all been game changers and I just can't wait for just an incredible summer. It's only two weeks away. So I'm wishing that for you and I'm pumped and I can't wait to see you again real soon. A big aloha to you. So until next time, we'll see you real soon. Big aloha.
Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Please make sure you hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you never miss out on any future episode. And I'd love to hear your comments and feedback. If there's any topic you'd love to hear about, you're dying to know, burning questions, please comment below and let me know what future topics are of interest to you.